Galatians chapter 1 and uh, other parts of the scriptures that you were, which is so beautiful. And Sister Rosie also, and, and the joy that comes into our church. God is so good. And then the warning that goes out that that, uh, that uh, we should take heed. In other words, God was saying that we should pay attention. Uh, especially, he was saying, at this holiday season, people just get excited. Then the second of the year, first, second of next year, they go right back to normal or whatever. See, just calm down. It's just a, it's just a season. And you've lived many of it, and it goes away. But never forget the word of God. See, heaven and hurt will pass away. But my words will never, ever pass away. So always put the word of God first. You know, Sister Rosie expressing a joy. It wasn't because of Christmas or holiday. You know, I, we, I followed her to the store yesterday. And I was bored. You know. I was just bored, suits and shoes and looking around and my goodness, I was, I just sat there bored and um, I'd rather be home studying a book. Those, those things don't give any joy. See, those, those things don't give uh, uh, excitement, but um, it's when you find a revelation of the word of God and you get a knowledge of the word of God. You see, all of that, I've been... I've been almost everywhere. You name it, I've been a lot of places in this world. And um, there's not a place in my mind right now that I'd rather be than right here at this time. Preaching and teaching the word of God at this time. Yes, I love places, but there's nothing like the word of God. And I've been there. See, so a lot of places, unless I'm going to teach the word of God. See, that, that gets me excited. So I am so glad this morning that we're here and um, we, uh, uh, brother, but Andrew again was touching, you know, uh, some some prophecies of <coughs> what God is doing and uh, and how how God is uh, how God is um, is revealing Himself. Did did you, you know? Did you know that God? Um, we just want God's blessing upon our service this morning. But did you know that that God doesn't do anything unless he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets? See, God reveals it. Many, many times we don't know. Many times we don't understand because we are so far from God and 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 we are in darkness and our minds are not on God. So the, the condition of the world today, okay, that's why we are in this condition, is because uh, we have turned away from the Word of God. See, so we 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 do not put God first. We put things. We get more excited in things, and these are natural things, as uh, Brother Andrew was saying, that they passed away. Uh, did you know that from eternity or everlasting? To everlasting that means everlasting past has no beginning and it did not end okay everlasting future has no beginning and it cannot end I cannot figure that out so that's why we said he 
the angels cried. All they could cry was holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. Which was. You get me? How far back that was. He was and yet he is. And yet he is to come. Right? So which was and his and is to come. So forever from everlasting to everlasting thou art God. Figure that out. In other words that so if he is from everlasting to everlasting and um, what God did Here's the first everlasting, and that has no end. Then God put within it time. That's what we are right now, time. So he could save you. But this time will come to an end with the continuation of another everlasting. See? So from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. You, you cannot figure it out. You get confused. And a lot of people throw their hands up and say, I don't believe in God. And yet the sun, the moon, the stars is out there. And you're breathing breath. Just a few seconds. If you don't, you're in trouble. And yet you don't believe. <laughs> the food you eat, it's taken really from the earth or for something, you know, the steak you have, that, that oxen cow has to eat some grass, taken from the earth, everything, and it goes back to the earth. And people say, oh, look, look at me, look at yourself and the hair on your head, how it grows, your nails. Okay, look look at us, and we're all different, but yet we're human beings. We can speak and understand. When I say God, you understand what I'm saying. If I say praise the Lord, you understand. And yet we are in many ways different. So you begin to think how awesome and how great this God is, how wonderful he is. And you look at yourself, and you know you didn't make yourself. Came in the world a little baby. Helpless. Couldn't do a thing. And then you grow up where you can drive a car. You get it? You can do things. You can live, support yourself. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and then God gave us this time. But the reason why God gives us this time is to prepare us for another world another dispensation see you're in this world but what the scripture is doing for us now all right the astronauts go to the moon you think they just get in there and fly off they have to prepare train and that's just out there in the moon now we're heading for another kingdom another world see so god has to equip you and when you come to church, when you come to the house of God, it's God equipping you. Like those astronauts, they're going to fly out there. They have to go through training equipment. 
They just don't get out there like that. Even the airplane uh, pilots, they have to be trained. They just don't get in there and start flying this plane. Where would they go? They have to know and study a lot of stuff and pass and have a lot of, uh, of, of, of tests before they could. The Word of God here is the greatest chart, teaching, map that leads us from one. It alerts us of the past. It alerts us of the present where we are. Tells you where you are right now. Tells you where things came from. And it tells you where we are right now. If you could follow and understand this book, you would, need to have the, you would not need to turn your television on. Because this Bible reveals every day. There's not a day, there's not a moment in, in, in this world that could happen that the Bible didn't reveal it or capture it. Or God didn't know. Can, can you imagine? Nothing can happen without God's approval. Absolutely nothing can happen. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that if God lets you. That's all. Well, I'm going to do this. I won't go to church. I won't serve God. And if God lets you. See? Because he's in charge. God really is in charge of everything. You, okay. Go back in your history and read of all these great bullies that you, you know. They were going to destroy the world. They were going to do this. Kill a lot of people. What happened to them? They're gone. But where is God? He's still God. So our actions and what we do does not change God. See, God God is not God because I serve him. God is not God because I come to church. That, that's not what makes him God. God is God whether before anyone served him. Before anything was created, he was God. And even if Heaven and earth passed away. He's still God. My word shall never pass away. And I was saying that God reveals everything. And there's none like him. See the, the Eden. Not only Eden. When we think of Eden we think overseas. But there's a flat right here. Even in this city. The Eden comes and he. Many. Some of them is a. Is, is a statue. Made of. Dirt or wood. I mean, that's crazy. You cut a piece of wood and carve out an image of, of, of whatever substance it is. And that's God. But that's not God. That's nothing. And you call that image and you pray to that idols or you even pray to a saint. Nothing happened. Because they cannot do anything. Because there's only one God. There's not two. There's not two of them that made the world. Or create all, you know, all things. There's one God. And one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Now, I want to, I want to, um, read a, because Brother Andrew is touching little prophecies. I know it's Christmas time. We should be talking about the baby in the manger and so on. You know, the traditional ways. And we sing a few songs, Christmas songs, and then we're gone. And then next year we do the same thing. But 
in Isaiah chapter 46. I, I want to just go through a few things, you know, quick because said verse 5. 46 verse 5. And I want you to follow me with your Bible. Pay attention and see how awesome God is. And answer, it has some questions. Verse, and I want you to have it up there. I want you to read with me. Follow me. In verse 5, it says, To whom, read, will you liken me? That's God speaking now. In other words, uh, you know, like, have you, ever, have you ever heard someone says, Oh, you look like so-and-so, and you act like so-and-so, and you're just as smart as your daddy or whatever. They're lightening you unto someone. There's someone that they find among your family or your friends or somebody that you look alike, you act alike, you know, you're lightening someone to someone. But God asked the question, if you look at it, he says, to whom will you lighten me? Is there anyone who goes out there and see somebody build and make an image and a statue, counting their beads, worshiping, saying a prayer? To an image or whatever. To a God. And the Lord says. To whom will you liken me? That that image that you fall down. And worship. Is that me? Is that the, the same um, standard? Uh, the same ability? See God's searching them. To find out. What do you think about me? Well, what do you think about God? He said. To whom will you liken me? And make me equal. Get it now? Who am I equal to? Let me ask you. Uh, is he that baby that was born in the major? Who will you lighten him to? Is he lighten to Santa Claus? Hmm? Or at Easter time, the Easter bunny? Eggs? To whom will you liken me? To that beads or that statue? Or can you buy him on the market and be, uh, an idol and put it up and to whom will you liken me? Or who's my equal? Who's my equal? You ever hear somebody say, Oh, that guy's good, but this one is his equal. They're the same. In church you go, You're not better than me. Or I'm just as good as you are. That means we're equal. Okay? Or you're not ahead of me. Have you ever heard that phrase? I'm sure you've heard it. Competition. Oh, she's as good. She can run as good as... See, so God's saying now... Uh, to whom will you liken me? And that's a big question. And who is my equal? So if there's something in your life, listen, if there's something in your life that you put on an equal with God, me, my, myself, my family, my job, you, you know what you're doing? You found something that is equal to God. So therefore God cannot get the glory and the praise and the worship that's due to his name because he's got an equal. There's something in your life, okay, that competes against God. Listen, your family. You couldn't do it because you're too devoted to your family. You couldn't do it because you're my, you know, it's holiday and my brothers and my sisters, you know, come first. Or I couldn't pay my tithe because I have to buy Christmas gifts. See? You, you you have equals without realizing it. See, when when something in your life or my life begin to compete against God 
against his sovereignty, his majesty, his honor. And then I would find time to take care of that situation. But I couldn't find time to come to church. Pastor, I'd like to come to church, but um, I've got something developing my family. And uh, I've got to take care of these things first and make sure that uh, the meals is on the table <laughs> before I come to church. I'm using things to show you that you can build. All of us got things in our life that we can put it. And when it becomes equal to God, it's a God. Whatever is equal or would compete against God in your life, it has become your God. Whether you bow down and worship it or not, you but you put it first. I'm finding out that the cell phone can become equal. No time for God but always on the phone. No time for God but always on the television. No time for God but always doing something that's not giving glory to God. Here's what he says right here. To whom will he liken me? That's a big question. And make me equal. Notice it there. Make me equal. See God is only God. God is only a God. Uh, as what you make him in your life. Okay. He can only do for you. What you allow him to do in your life. If you let unbelief comes in. And doubts. God cannot help you. Then he goes on. It says. Um. Uh, verse uh, what? That that he may. Uh, uh, am I am I right up there? Forty six verse. Go to, go back to verse five still. And 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 compare me. Notice here. Who's my equal? Or uh, and compare me. That we may be be like. That's powerful. That's one of the most powerful verse in the Bible. Because it challenges you. Who are you comparing me to? This Christmas season. This holiday season. And everybody compares against uh, uh, something. That's why you have a sports team that compare. Okay. Uh, competition. You get into. Who and what is in our lives. In your life and mine. That is competing against God. And that's equal to God. And that's winning. Who? Who will you compare me that we may be, be like? See? And, uh, and they, then it goes on. It says, then God says that they lavish gold out of the bag. Uh, and weigh silver in the balance. And hire a goldsmith. And he make it, it a God. That means they get a piece of wood. And you, uh, you melt gold and silver over it and whatever. Uh, you like better. And that's a God. And man has done that. You go back in the scripture. And find that man has done that. They've made images. That's what destroyed Israel. And that's why God had this charge against him. Because they had idols. Groves and images. And silver gods. And gold gods. What have you and I got today? We've got many gods today. That's why the churches are so slow. And we go to church and we are dead. Why are we so dead and we don't have that excitement and that zeal. And we drive to come to church. It's because there are many gods in our lives. It's because we've likened something and we found an equal. Something that is as equal to God. So why should I serve him? Because I have something just as equal. 
That means he's not more valuable than that silver god or that golden god that cannot speak. They love it. Notice it, the word. They lavish gold out of the bag. They get it in their purse and their wallet. And when it's time to spend it on the world, they just go in there and reach for it. In our case, dollar bills and just spend it on it. Christmas time. Oh, it's Christmas time. And I got my cousin, I got my uncle. And uh, I got all of the family that I have to lavish a gift on. But when they come to church, oh, that's okay. I'm short and my tithe and my offering. Because you lighten that. Family relationship far above God. You know that. Your Christmas tree is more important than there is God. And this God. Now it goes on. It says, you know the word lavish, right? Not just, not just sowing sparingly. Man, you come on big. Am I lavish? Uh, you just put it out there. Overflowing. Lavish. You know what that means. Uh, said, spare no expense. The, it, it, here it is. Here it is. He says they reach in their bags. Okay, they lavish gold out of the bag, out of the purse, out of the wallet. They get in there, man, and they take it out, and oh, and they got excited. They go over the end that uh, little piece of funny clothes, and they uh, they said, "Oh, that's hundred and fifty dollars," and that don't even worth twenty dollars. And they reach in there and here's my credit card. Here's my whatever it is. And they lie on the walk out there. I've got something wonderful. They wear it one time and that's the next time is the garbage. Yeah. Those things does not satisfy. I go to the store and I say, my goodness, that's the prettiest thing i ever seen. I wear it one time and I hate this stuff after that. Hmm? And when you when you uh, going to see a piece of necktie, which is a piece of string around your neck. And a piece of tie, and it marked $120 it was, but it's down, uh, whatever they take off, and now it's $70. And you spend your money for a piece of cloth, $70. Lavish. And when the offering comes, you put a dollar in. What do I put my value on? Where do we put our value on? On that piece of silly necktie. Purse. A shoes. Whatever it might be. They lavish. It's Christmas time. Let's reach deep and dig deep. And you know. Uh, uh, give to grandma. Because she got run over by a reindeer. And we don't mind lavishing things. See but the scripture goes on and says. And weight silver in the balance. And hire a goldsmith. Notice here. They get a goldsmith. And he make it a God. They carve it out. Give him money and make a God. A goldsmith. And Bershad. They make it a God. Then what did they do? What did they do? They fall down. Yea, they worship it. A dead old idol. You say, I wouldn't worship an idol, but there are things in your heart. Anything in your heart that keeping you away from God is an idol. It's an idol. It could be your spirit. A bad spirit. You worship your spirit. 
You worship your image, who you are. And you lavish your pride. Your importance. You're more important than the church. Your pride keeps you from going on in God. You lavish and you spend your image. And brother, you wouldn't, you wouldn't step out of that. If you're a woman, you wouldn't step out of that uh, house, come to church, unless you final, you'd rather be late for church, but make sure your eyelashes right. Or your nails are right. That's lavishing on an idol. You have become an idol. And you wouldn't clap your hands and praise God because your nails might. And you wouldn't praise the Lord because your hairdo might fall down. And you wouldn't shed a tear because your makeup might run down in your face. You lavish on yourself. Self is important. And you don't want God. Oh, I'll serve God when I get older. That means your youth is not for God. When the scripture said, remember, now thy creator. When you're young, give him the best. And he goes, beautiful scripture says, they fall down, yea, they worship. They bear him upon the shoulder. They carry him. Can you imagine now? All of the idols cannot carry you. All of the idols cannot help you. You got to lift up that piece of dead old wood, that dead, painted over with gold, or that spirit. You carry that spirit. Pride. Rebellion. You're too big for the church. Oh, that little church. I'm too big. That's pride. Well, I couldn't go there. I, 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 I'm too big. Oh, I'll just go ahead and destroy it. It's, you know, we just, we just run over it. We, we can sin and get away with it. It's just a little church anyway. And pride and sin comes in. And there's none to correct it. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. They fall down. Yea, they worship. They bear him upon the shoulder. They carry him. And set him in his place. And he stand there. They've got to put him upright and he stand there. And they put him over in the chief corner of the house. <laughs> That's a God. Okay, you're supposed to pray to a God who answers you and carry you. The God that I serve, I don't carry him. But he carries me from the cradle, from the womb to the grave. He's the one that carrying me from everlasting to everlasting. Verse 7. They bear him upon the shoulder. They carry him. And set him. In his place. And he standeth. From his place. Shall he. Not remove. That means he can't get out of there. And if he cannot get out of there. How, could, how can he come to your help? All those spirits. All those things that's in your life. Are you listening now? All those things that's in your life. He said, well, I'm too big. I'm too great. But I want people all over. Here, around the world. hearing me. Listen. When you've got to carry a God. He's no God. 
When you can set him up in a place, he's no God. He said, well, I don't do that. But what about your spirit that you carry? What about that spirit of pride? Anger. You, you go in the Bible and find him all. Murmuring, complaining, rebellion. You know rebellion? Is that the sin of, the sin of uh, witchcraft? Do you know you got a witch? All you got to be to be a witch is to be rebellious against the word of God. You fight the word of God. You rebel against it. You didn't want that. Oh, the pastor, he's too strict and he had too many rules. You, re, you rebel. That's rebellion. It's not a matter of too many rules. It's the word of God. It sounds like the pastor make up his rules. No. He just preached the word of God. Like he says right here. This is not the pastor's rule. He says you can carry your spirit from place to place around the world all your life. And you set it in, your, in its place. Where? In your heart. And that thing is in your heart. That spirit in your heart. And nobody can get it out. And that's why we need a church. That's why we need the word of God. That's why we need to stop. Work. Because let me tell you. You think you have a lot of time. Right? That's a spirit. That's an idol. Oh I got a lot of time. I don't have to serve God now. I'm young and I'm ready. I don't. You, that's it. You see. You say. But I can come to God anytime I want to. Try it. Try it. You hearing my voice? Try it. Try coming to God whenever you want to. You cannot. He has to draw you. You cannot come to God no more than that idol can move out of his place. It's God has to draw you. God has to touch your heart. Is it verse 7? They bear him upon their shoulder. Look at that. They bear upon their shoulder. They carry him. I don't have to do that. Because I have a God whose government is on his shoulder. And he carries me. And set him in his place. He standeth. From his place shall he not remove. Yea, one shall cry unto him. Yet can he not answer. They pray. That word crying is mourning and crying like they did. Oh, Baal, hear us. Remember? In Elijah. But from morning to night to afternoon. And they cut themselves and all of that shedding of their blood couldn't save them. Oh, Baal, hear us. They cry, from his place shall he not remove. Yea, one shall cry unto him. Yet can he not answer, nor save him out of his trouble. No hiders, nothing, no spirit, nothing you take on can save you. Nothing but Jesus Christ. No one but Jesus Christ can save you. So you're wasting your time when you uh, waste your precious life on things. Nothing that you do out of Christ can save you. Absolutely nothing. He said, well, the gospel is not for me. It's for somebody else. All right. But hell is for you. That's what you're saying. Because there's only hell and heaven. If the gospel is not for you. Well, I'm not ready yet. All right. You're not ready? Well, when will you be ready? You don't make yourself ready. It's when the Holy Ghost draws you. It's when the Lord touches you. That you all were saying this morning. It's when that spirit of God touched you. Amen. You're ready when Jesus said you're ready. Not when I said I'm ready. That's not the way it works. 
You don't come to God because you make your mind up to do it. It's when he draws you. The scripture said draw me. That means he has to pull you. If he doesn't pull us out of that world, we never get out. Because your body can be out, but your spirit is back there. Hmm? Just like you can sit in church, but really your mind is on somewhere else. God hasn't gotten you. When you are even reading the Bible and praying, but you're thinking of something else beside God, you're not going to get an answer. You cannot be divided in your heart. Verse 8 says, go on. It's beautiful. Remember this. Are you listening? And show yourself men. Bring it again to mind. All your transgressions. Go ahead. If you can make it happen. If you can save yourself. If the God that you made can answer your prayers or whatever it is. If you can do one thing to save yourself. Go ahead and show. Tell us how you do it. It's only the way of the cross. There's nothing in you. So when somebody said, come on now, the good in you, there's no good in you and I. All of sin. You know what sin is? Death. It pays death. And that second death. Remember this. Remember this. Don't forget. And show yourself man. Bring it again to mind, O oh you transgressors. What a message to Israel. What a message to the church. Verse 9. Remember. Alright. Okay. Okay. Remember the former things of old. Go back. If I could ask you to remember the Old Testament and the New Testament. And what happened. What these prophets and these in our day. Remember. If I'm going to remember. I'm going to go back and think of what God did bringing them out of Egypt. For I am God. Hello. You don't have to make idols. You don't have to let that spirit of pride take you over. There is a God and he declares himself. He said I am God. Oh hallelujah. And don't wonder. Don't guess. He said there is none else. Nobody like me. So when somebody attack you and challenge your church. And they're going to do that. Don't worry. Trust in the Lord. There's only one God. Only one God. And he stands for us. And if God be for us. Who can be again? That means you don't have to look over your shoulder. And wonder who's going to do something. And who's going to destroy my church. Who's going to tear this up. No they cannot. You can only do what God allows you. And that's it. Your work is over. You can't do no more. You've done it. And you fail. And it's finished. You can't do anything else. But what happened? You look around and see the church still preaches the word of God. Still getting revelation from God. Still giving a wonderful God. Hallelujah. I am God. Remember that I am God. There's none else. Remember the former things of old. Remember. Can't you remember that? When the attacks comes in, the devil raging, remember there, there's only one God. And he's a man of war. 
He's a mighty conqueror. He's a deliverer. Oh, this church should be shouting. You all should be shouting. This is a wonderful message right here. Can you remember the former things of old? Go back when the devil is trying to make you discouraged. Think of the mighty acts of God. One man got out there, commanded the sun and the moon to stand still. One stretched his rod across the mighty sea and it divided. One uh, spoke to the rock and the rock sent forth water to feed a multitude. You come on. Remember what God did for you. When you were down, backslid, or when you were in sin, he pulled you out. Look at you now. Oh, you ought to be getting excited and shocked. Remember the former things of old. For I am God. Boy, I tell you, I'm giving you a wonderful Christmas gift of manna. And there is none else. Hello, hello. Don't worry, don't look, don't rebel against the church, don't fight it. There's only one God and there's none else. Somebody said, oh, we took God when we leave. You know you did not. <laughs> we kept him. Here he is. Look what he's doing for us. Look at this wonderful revelation from Isaiah. And there is none else. And then to make sure you get it, he said it again. I am God. The Lord, the Lord, he is God. And there is none like me. If you ever memorize the scripture and go around when you have doubts or attacks of the enemy or the devil trying to pull you away and trying to fool you and trying to tell you all kinds of stuff. Where, um, you know, uh, uh, like I said, uh, grandma want to give you something. No, no. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Remember that. Can't tell you nothing. She got already got run over by a reindeer. By the mighty move of the Spirit of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We're gonna teach you, teach you why she's already run over by a reindeer. Remember, I'm telling you. Remember, not what grandma say, but what the Bible says, not what grandpa say, or cousin Sue or cousin Lou. I'm just calling names. Remember the former things of old. For I am God. And there is none else. I am God. Oh my God. What a church. And there is none like me. If you ever get, if you ever get there. And it goes on. Look, look. Look how sweet it gets. I told you it's my Christmas gift to you. What have you got to give me for Christmas? I'm giving you this. Verse 9. Verse 10 says, look at verse 10. Read that. Declaring the end from the beginning. Okay. We have to start from the beginning. Okay. And then we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what lies ahead of us. But God doesn't begin where we start. God begins where we end. Okay, he began to declare the, the end of all things. That's where he start. He start. In other words, before God begins, he already ended. <laughs> Known unto God are all his works. 
All right, read the Bible and find out when you go to Revelation 21, 22, he already tells you everything. He tells you through the whole Bible what's going to happen. That's what he does. But we don't read it. We get on and turn on NNC. You, you, you understand on all these news media where we get our information from, they don't know nothing. But God can tell you your future. He tells you the end of your life. He tells what's going to happen. That's why we trust in God. And you sit there worrying, but you don't know what's going to happen to you next year, but he already knows. He knows the very day you'll die if he doesn't return. I like this. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times they notice. And from ancient times the things that are not yet done. From way back there he revealed it. That's why the prophet spoke. And they wrote it. Have you ever read Daniel? Tell you about poor beasts and the government of this world and they describe it and it never happened in, uh, at that time. It was still thousands of years did you ever read Isaiah where the prophesy a, a virgin would conceive? Huh? Hundreds of years before. Did the virgin conceive? <coughs> he tells you it's coming back. Does he tell you it's coming back? I know he's going to rule and govern. Do you believe that? From ancient times, the things that are not yet done not yet done. Even before you were saved. Before you were born. Okay. How great God is. You were to be born. But when you were to be born. Your mother maybe was in England. And your father was in Canada. Not thinking. Not knowing each other. And one day a thought went in the mind of the mother and says, let me go to America and I'm going to land in L.A. I'm using. And then the same husband, not yet, but in Canada, a thought came, let me go to L.A. Visit grandma or cousin or uncle. And so it happened that they land at a certain place and they catch the same connecting flight and she dropped her bag by accident. And he being a gentleman, pick it up and say, sorry, well, here's your bag and can I carry it on for you? And they end up sitting in the same seat. You understand what I'm trying to say, right? And then before you know it, a few months after they were married and nine months after, you. You think that was accident? It was all planned by God. God knows. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. And I will do my pleasure. Whatever God says, the counsel of God is the word of God. Whatever God says, it shall be. My counsel shall stand. 
He said, well, oh, God called me, but I, 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 I can do my own thing. I run here and I never settle down. You will. You will. <laughs> you will. My counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure. Verse 10 is it? Declaring. No, notice here. Declaring. Verse 11 says. Calling a ravenous bird. From the east. The man that executed my counsel from a far country. Yea. I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Anything that God has purposed. His counsel will stand. Okay. God prophesied. Remember even Cyrus. 150 years or something before he was born. That he would deliver. See, a ravenous bird would be a mighty deliverer that God would raise up for a season. Verse 12. Hearken unto me, who you stout-hearted. Hmm? Stout-hearted. Will not submit. You're big. You know, you're coming to church. Oh, I'm bully. I'm going to just tell that church and that pastor, that little pastor who's a uh, I'm going to tell him what to do because I make more money than he does. I'm better than he is. And I just, oh, 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 there's a little stone. There's a little stone that bring a great giant down. Come on, don't play with the church. You'll fall. Don't play with the house of God. Because God can raise up from your own house an adversary to you. Your very own children will fight you and remind you what you've done to God. You think you get away with it? When Israel wouldn't enter the promised land, what happened? Oh, my kids, I'm afraid. And God let them die and he rose up, raised up their little children that they were afraid. Don't worry about your children too much. You serve God, right? And all what's going on in the world, your, ch your children will not follow it. And if they go astray, they'll come back because God will send judgment. They'll get judgment. And before you know it, they look like they're prospering, but disappointment will begin to set in. And when disappointment begins to set in, don't pray for them. Don't pray for deliverance. Let them go through. Because that could be for their salvation. You get that? You know what? Oh, could you pray for my... my could you pray that God will... No, leave them alone sometimes. They need it. Uh, sufferings many times is the answer. And you pray them out of it and they go right back into something else. Sometimes people are sick. I don't, mean, I don't mean you can't pray for them. But we want them to raise up real quick and they go right back to what they do. Never remember God. Sometimes they have to lay in that bed. And you tell them, hey, brother, is there something that you need to repent of? Did you do something to the house of God? You don't wash it over. You don't just brush it aside. Nothing. When you touch the house of God, you've touched a dangerous thing. Now, you wouldn't get a hold of a, what's it? What's the, Andre, you can tell me back there. What's the highest voltage that? You know, 
a high powered boat and you grab it, it's exposed, it's broken down. And you go ahead and take a hold of it and you're going to put it back in what's going to happen to you. Goodbye, world. Goodbye. See, you, you know, you, you're gone. Because that's not your area. And if, if the building was on fire, you don't, you don't, what do you call it? The fireman. See, so we have to understand what a church is. You can't touch a church and not be burned. You cannot touch a church and get away with it. Oh, I but I just walk away and then I'm, there's no penalty because there's nobody to give me penalty or judgment. That's what you think. You forget that even a little one will chase a thousand. Hearken unto me, you stout-hearted. Listen, bow down. Break. Humble yourself. Don't be so big. That are far from righteousness. You're big, exalted. But you don't even know the righteousness of God, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, I was trying to show you that nothing happened without God showing you. Or God knowing it. Or it's in the word of God. You read this word of God, that's where you become smart. Nobody can ask you any question about the word of God that God don't give you an answer. <coughs> Even if you were not thinking about it. You don't have to be thinking about it. The Holy Ghost bring it to you. <clears throat> Do you feel like serving God this morning? Is that stirring you this morning? Huh? You don't have any problem. The only problem that you have is when you put the Bible away and don't serve God. But I got problem on my job. All that God can sum. All that. God, all of that. Give it to the Lord. And you'll see. Before it's over. That boss that's afflicting you. You might be their, their supervisor after a while. Am I right? God lift up. The poor. Okay. Verse 13. What is what he going to do? He said I will bring near my righteousness. Did, did he bring it? That was a prophecy. Did he bring it? Yeah. Who's the righteousness of God? Did he come and be born as a... You ought to shout. Did, was he born as, a, as an infant? Uh, what are we celebrating now? See, I'm preaching a Christmas message. But I use different scripture. I bring forth my righteousness. Was he born? Huh? Do you have him right now? Are you supposed to put on the righteousness of God? The breastplate of righteousness? Huh? Is he close? Is he near? I will bring near. How near is he? Is in your mouth, in your heart. That's the righteousness of God. I will bring forth my righteousness. It shall not be far off. And my salvation shall not tarry. And I will place salvation in Zion. For Israel, my glory. What a message. So I said Merry Christmas. And that's my Christmas message to you. And I hope you got blessed this morning. I hope you got blessed. Merry Christmas I say to everybody. In Jesus name.